Sarah B. here. Welcome back to Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. This is the second half of our two-part episode on self-care at conferences. I was thinking when you were saying that about how I kind of will try to wedge self-care like into the day. Yeah. And sometimes that's like, I remember I was at like a, a team meeting for one NASA mission and we were at CFA. So I like knew the building because you and I were grad students there. So I wanted to have alone time. Like I just wanted quiet. And I remember during some coffee break, I like went to the one bathroom in a building where you can lock the door and nobody will come in. I just like made a beeline (laughs) for this like, like empty room (laughs) and locked the door. And I just like sat on the floor for five minutes and just had quiet. I honestly will just kind of like shoehorn these things in, or I'll take like a quick walk uh, around the building. Um, often at nighttime, uh, at many conferences, I'll identify it. Like I try to exercise at conferences too. Um, I'll usually try to find a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. So there's been times I've done that, like different conferences. I'm just like taking the bus, you know what I mean? To some yoga studio. And that means I'm skipping something, you know, but that I consider it part of my job, Yeah. you know, like that's, oh yeah, we can kind of maybe speak to that. Yeah. It's like part of the job. It is. Yeah. I mean, self-care it's, it's that, you know, if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to do your job effectively and whether that's being at a conference and being engaged or mm-hmm. or interacting with people, mentoring people at conferences. Yeah. Yeah, and right. you know, if you're not able to, you know, be present in mm-hmm. the moment with, with the various things that you're at, then that's definitely a sign that, you know, you need to like take you a step said, back. take a step back and either even if it's five minutes. And it, these don't have to be like hour long, you know, naps or yoga sessions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all you need is that five minute break to get back into it. But being mindful mm-hmm. of where you're at, fresh air as you go through the day. One of the other things that came up for me at this conference it was just chatting with uh, some other people at the conference was we were talking about how there's this expectation in our age group that, you know. Everyone is, because we're relatively young, Mm -hmm. then that means that everyone can survive on zero hours of sleep Mm -hmm. and can go out and drink late into the night Mm -hmm. and do the social aspect of the conferencing, the networking Mm -hmm. aspect of the conferencing, and hit all the sessions. And there's maybe this, I don't know if this expectation extends to all ages of scientists, but it's certainly strong in the younger age. And also there's this assumption that you know because alcohol is such a big part of a lot of these socializing events Mm -hmm. that addiction is not a a problem for anyone yeah or that health is not a problem for anyone and and a lot of there's that implicit assumption there's this implicit assumption and you can't see those things from the outside those are invisible like whether someone has a chronic health condition or has an addiction that's Mm -hmm. not something that's just broadcast on the forehead yeah and and a lot of people in our age category are you know, dealing with those, those, uh, challenges. And I think we need to be a little bit more mindful and certainly respect boundaries when someone says, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. There's peer pressure. And rather than being like, Oh, just come out for us with one, you know, one drink or whatever, you know, really check in with that. Especially if you know someone, uh, you can, you know, help be a support team for that buddy system. Exactly. You know, and, and make sure that, you know, people are getting home early if they've made signs, if you're out at a big dinner party and there's people who are like, I really need to get back, you know, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to just broadcast our reasons in front of like 20 people. Um, and that would be, you know, not appropriate. And so using picking up on those social cues and, and 
really being mindful of listening to what that person is saying and don't just brush it off as, oh, they're probably getting a little tired, but they'll be fine because they're 25 years old or Yeah, or that old. it's like kind of not cool. Yeah. It's sort of the assumption like, oh, be cool, come out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, it's not about being cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about my needs, like my own self-care needs. And it's sometimes it seems really uncool to say that. I've kind of gotten over that now. Yeah. You know, but it definitely was a thing before. Like definitely. you would kind of exhaust yourself. Um, and I think that is considered kind of like the the currency of many conferences is like how much networking did you do? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of that can be done like very, um, what's the word, like judiciously. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can get in really quality, yeah. like networking experiences, talking with people at the conference or maybe at a meal. And I kind of apply going out to dinner with astronomers too. Like I, <laughs> I do it some nights and I don't do it other nights. Yeah. Like I do find that there's a social cost yeah. to just constantly being on. Being on. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and sometimes it's not even, I mean, a big part of, um, my own self-care strategy at many conferences is I know, uh, sometimes family or like individual folks nearby and I will take time yeah. like in a conference evening to go hang out with like a family member, mm -hmm. um, and have a conversation in which I don't have to be on, um, and, or taking that time to like go hang out with a friend. So this is a conference friend. It, it should count as networking, I guess. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah. um, but it, you know, it very mindfully is not about yeah. talking about science. It's about like reconnecting, remembering yeah. your own, you know, who Sarah is at the end of the day. Yeah. It's yeah. not just about exoplanets. <laughs> a lot of it's about yeah. exoplanets. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we were going to, Oh, we were talking earlier, like, um, speaking of just invisible disability, uh, during the question and answer period, there's often the expectation that folks can get yeah. up and just stand yeah. at the mic. Like in a lot of those AAS sessions, you're supposed to just get up in that line. Yeah. And like many folks can't do that. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's also much more exposed, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. there's a lot of like little things we could do. Oh, I was, I mean, uh, at, I was at inclusive astronomy yeah. this week, uh, earlier this week, which was at Vanderbilt university. And it was really remarkable. Like on the name tag was a, was a line for your preferred pronoun, your preferred oh, gender nice. pronoun. Yeah. yeah. It was like just kind of a very mindful inclusion of folks where we like kind of just render people invisible by just yeah. kind of doing business as usual. Um, yeah, I, I especially think, yeah, because a lot of these things are invisible, yeah. you know, we need to take that extra step just to be mindful that not everyone is like us. Not everyone, you know, has the same set of circumstance and, mm -hmm. and people are going through different things at different times Yeah, and different people with the exact same, you know, condition handle it differently, you know, say, say it be a health issue or, or, you know, um, it, there's, everyone's going through things differently and needs different things at that point. And so Part of that is, you know, for, uh, is having that support network around yeah. you that knows that and can help you check in on, on yeah. whatever you're, uh, wanting to need support in. But part of it is just raising your awareness. And like you said, yeah. getting up to ask questions. I had never really thought about that. Despite the fact that I saw several people at the conference who were either in a wheelchair or needed aid walking. And I don't, you know, I don't know how that, um, you know, if they were un unable to answer questions because of that or yeah. ask, ask questions and that it's just not something that we should, you know, just assume, well, you know, because 95% of people can, then we're just going to screw the 5% of scientists who can't. I know. And like, there might be some really great questions, like the key session, the yeah. key question of the session, 
you know, would have otherwise come from yeah. someone who couldn't get up and go to the microphone. Yeah. And so that question goes un, unasked. I think another like major part about networking at conferences that kind of goes unsaid is that uh, like women at conferences uh, are vulnerable to like unwanted um, sexual attention. And that often comes out like later at night when there's alcohol, mm -hmm. when there's like a networking event. Um, there's definitely times that I've just kind of like avoided social events that are part of the conference where I know there's going to be a lot of drinking and I know there's going to be someone there who I know like has a history of unwanted like physical touching mm -hmm. or just like making advances. And I mean, that's a whole nother reason why you would not see that written on somebody's forehead. Like I'm not going to partake in this event because I'm going to be taking care of myself. It really sucks that we have to, I mean, there are some ways in which taking that burden upon yourself is unfair. Um, and that's a reflection of like our unfair astronomy culture. But in, there are other ways in which like you can kind of see it as empowering. I am allowed to take um, my own well-being like into my own hands. It's more important than the morning yeah. session. Yeah, and well, you know, we were talking about before. I mean, at this conference, uh, I had an experience with an older scientist, mm -hmm. male scientist, mm -hmm. and it wasn't even it didn't even include alcohol or anything. And it was just at the conference, and he um, wanted to get into the aisle and just kind of laid his hand lingeringly on my shoulder. That's these little things. Which was weird, but I didn't think too much about it. Mm -hmm. And then he sat down. Um, and then when he left, though, he, he made this little remark, which was really creepy, and just kind of under his breath, he was like, Goodbye, Mac girl. Because I had all my like <laughs> Mac products out. As as does everyone else at the conference. Like, why single me out? We all yeah. have Macs, right? It's like, bye. And it's like good riddance, you know. And I was, <laughs> it's just, you know, I was so, I, I was just like, what just happened? You know, why? Like, and you are expected to take on that cognitive load. It's like an extra CPU yeah. running. Like, what was that? Oh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just weird. Thankfully, I haven't had a lot of those experiences, but. You know, this was, at, you just, you can't control when they're going to come and, yeah. and you're expected, like you said, to, to deal with it, you know, just seamlessly and professionally and not say anything when you're like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, I think that we should close with like a really positive conference experience, yeah. you know, cause we've been talking a lot about ways that conferences sure. are challenging and they can really be super positive, like, especially if you're taking um, all of the steps that you need to take to make it a positive experience for yourself. Um, do you have any in mind? Well, you just put me on the spot. There. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I mean, I can think of, yeah, I, I can I, think of some. Well, you start and then I'll, I'll be thinking. Um, okay, let me see. One of my favorite conference experiences was um, I was about a year and a couple months into my first postdoc, um, into the Sagan Fellowship. Um, it was the very first time that I actually thought of an idea. Like I remember that was like a huge source of imposter thoughts was um, having graduated and thinking, I'm not going to be coming up with ideas on my own organically that are relevant do and doable. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very serious concern. <laughs> yeah. It's shared by a lot of people and that was like a really serious one. And I didn't really have my first like idea. I had things that were like extensions yeah. of stuff I'd done exactly. on my PhD. I mean, it was a major concern that once I parted from my PhD advisor, like that, like LOL, like then it would be just like a downward death spiral <laughs> into my parents' like home because I wouldn't be able to get a job. We can talk about that later. In the, um, <laughs> in the literal dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was sitting in the audience and uh, watching a talk and I just like had an idea 
And that was a conference where I, I really feel like it was the first conference that I was kind of taking ownership of my kind of scientific identity. I felt it click mm. into place like a little bit. It wasn't a complete puzzle, but a few key pieces like snapped together in a way mm. that felt like very satisfying. And that once one idea came, more came. That's good to hear because I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> just graduated. Well, Sarah, you myself. just graduated. Like, oh, we could talk in like every other way that you're already lapping me in like no, other I, that, ways. That professionally, we're getting, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. But yeah, so that was like a super positive experience. And at that same conference, I remember um, there was another young woman who was really anxious. It was her first conference mm-hmm. talk, and I got to kind of go outside with her and do like a visualization practice with and um and there was like a third thing which is I was having lunch and a couple um young women were present at this same lunch table as I was and there was this weird kind of microaggressive moment where like a more senior man at the table was talking about graduate admissions and he was saying well you know a good student when you see them like on paper like you either have it or you don't and I put my hand to the side of my mouth, like, so he couldn't see my mouth. And I mouthed at the other young women, like, were, like silently, I said, I was like, no, like, <laughs> yeah. N-O, you know? Yeah. And so, and they were looking at me and, yeah. um, and I remember talking with them later and saying, um, that's really illusory. Like yeah. that idea that you either have it or you don't, um, is a really, um, like a fixed mindset yeah. idea fixed and it's very toxic and it, it's very exclusionary to talk like that because it makes it like preferentially alienates people and makes them think that they're not one of the people you're talking about. And the three numbers that, you know, identify them are all Mm -hmm. that's to their ability and and future ability. You know, their GRE score, GPA, and letters of reference are it. Yeah, and And, then that's it. And so that conference was kind of like an amalgamation of like a few things that helped kind of cement the very beginnings of my scientific identity. I thought of an idea... And I was like helping other women. Mm. And um, when I think about that conference now, I feel like really satisfied. That's really great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't know, just when I've, the best conference experiences I've had typically fall under two categories. One is just giving a great talk. Yeah. Um, public speaking is something that... The compliments after, do they sink in yeah, for you? Yeah. And I, I had a good compliment this conference. What was it? Tell one us. of the, one of the, um, uh, one of my... A person that I kind of vaguely know, he's a postdoc. I've seen him at one other meeting before. I'm not, you know, really close with him. He just came up after and said, you know, your con- your talk was the best one at the conference. He was like, I thought it was so well explained and so interesting. Ugh. And it's just, you know. Yeah. So that was really nice. And then also uh, another person I'd like put on Facebook, they said, oh, I love it when scientists can explain their work, uh, both clearly and interestingly. And then he put, you know, at Sarah Rukheimer or something. Oh, and I was like, Oh my God. Oh, you know, that's oh. sweet. So that's I like, so nice. I like giving a good talk and, and then I feel good about, you know, I'm like, this is an area of expertise that I have. I've worked hard on public speaking. It's not something that came naturally to me. Yeah. I've taken many courses in it, both yeah. in undergrad and graduate school and I practice and it's, um, I used to just shake uncontrollably Mm -hmm. in front of people and now I actually do a decent job and it's something that I have confidence in and so I think giving giving a solid talk uh for me is good the other really good conference moment I had kind of goes back to uh what we were talking about before with asking questions Mm -hmm. at the AAS when I asked questions I felt like I had something to contribute yeah and that my questions were good and And that, that you belong there exactly and so that was a really you know 
heartening moment where I'm like, I am now able to contribute to this discussion and uh, ask ask things that are relevant and, and interesting. Mm-hmm. And so so those those are two highlights. But overwhelmingly, my conference highlights typically tend to be actually in interactions with other people. Yeah. And not necessarily in um, mentoring uh, younger scientists, though that that did happen at this conference and it was also mm-hmm. really rewarding. For me, just connecting with people in the field that on a friendship level. Yeah. And oh, so you know, important. Like you I'm said, so glad you said that. A lot of my quote, quote unquote networking is really <laughs> just hanging out with awesome people that yeah. I really like. Who ultimately and are going to be our colleagues. Who ultimately are going to be my colleagues, um, are my colleagues. Yeah, and yeah. often some science gets discussed. It might only be 10 minutes and the, you know, mm-hmm. 90 minutes is not about science. Mm-hmm. And that 10 minutes is, is very important, but, but just making those connections. And I just really feel so uh, lucky to have so many good colleagues and people like you. Oh, Sarah. Yeah. Oh. In the area that just, you know, make, make science so much better and, you know, both personally and scientifically. It's good to end on that note. Um, so thank you so much for listening to um, Self Care with Dr. Sarah. And I'm Sarah R. And I'm Sarah B. Thank you for listening. Thank you.